10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome, welcome everyone, and this is the 18 Wheels Talk Show Podcast, and I am your host, the Professor Tori Wiley, here on this beautiful Monday afternoon, we got a special guest for y'all. We're going to be talking about overcoming addictions and a road to recovery. And today we got a special guest and his name is Michael Henson and he is the author of Memories of a Counselor. So we're going to bring him him in later, but you always know I got my favorite co-host. We got everybody in the building on this special day give it up for my girl sneak neek in the building yeah hey family and you know i got my boy lover boy the innovator yeah boy and we got freight pushing over there what's up freight pusher hey hey y'all and you know we got lyric b over there in the background lyric b hey ladies and gents and you know we always got coach v on the ones and twos give it up for my favorite co-host all the time what's up everybody how was y'all weekend what did y'all do well well what did we what's... do mm. <laughs> yeah what did y'all do y'all acting like y'all ain't do nothing like what the hell everybody sitting on me I, I just said i just said hey everybody what did y'all do for the weekend Oh, that like, so that cute. must that's, that must mean y'all was doing something y'all ain't had no been doing this. Bunch of old people doing nothing. Body grow for business. Exactly. That's all I'm talking about. Exactly. I don't want. I shall not incriminate myself. Man, y'all was up to no good this weekend. So y'all answer my time. question. I had, I had a great time. Naughty list. Oh, uh, uh, I had a great time. I had a great time. I met some of you all. That was a marvelous moment. And yes, I yes, just enjoyed did. my weekend. I had a great time. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So we call it that you what you want to call it. Those <laughs> <laughs> I just was in the streets. I was in the streets. I was in the streets. I was Don't blame it on us now. Don't blame it on me. I innovated, man. I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Y'all started something. I had to finish it. God dang on it. I went to see Erica Badu this weekend in Atlanta. It was pretty cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. That was nice. Well, she did a um she had a full fledged concert or was it like, you know, one of those live acoustic things? No, she was a, she was in full concert, cussing the whole time, just being Erica. It was it, I loved it. Did she have a clothes? Did she, yeah, that's what I'm. That's that's what me and Lover Boy was waiting on. Did she have on? Clothes? Did she give us a window? Hey, Lover Boy, did she give us a window seat? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know her. Yeah, I love her. Like, like a like a shrub that basket. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all seen the, the big news of what's going on. I definitely wanted to bring this to attention about Carly Russell. You know, she was found, you know, on Sunday night. You know, as people don't know, she's the young lady that was allegedly, uh, I, I have to say this because that's why I'm going to bring it to your attention. Uh, allegedly abducted off of highway, I think it was in Alabama, 459. 
um, and she was missing for 48 hours. Mm. Now, I am glad that Kali Russell has been found, but I want to get all y'all intake on this. You know what I'm saying? We're going to keep it quick and simple. But um, what do y'all think about this? Because, uh, you know, people saying, you know, it's not even people, but it's just like things are not adding up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you look at the video footage. She said that she saw a baby on the highway, all of those things of that nature. But I hope this is not a hoax. I hope this was not for social media clout because it's already, it was a guy on there claiming to be her brother. You know what I'm saying? Claiming to be her brother just to get social media attention. He was saying that, hey, I am Carly Russell's brother. He He's not even her brother. Mm. So it's done got out of control. So ladies, I want to know what y'all think about this because you know this could be anybody you know that get kidnapped um i, I you know they they I, you know she says she saw a, a young child on the highway um you know so just, just what do y'all think about this ladies Tell, give me some insight on that what do you, what do y'all i mean at first you know like I, I got to take it at, at face value, you know what I'm saying, until I started doing a little bit more research when I was hearing about it. So mm-hmm. what made it interest, interesting for me was that when you look at that video footage of her pulling over, it was the highway was pitch black. So it was no way you seen a toddler on the road and you drove all of those feet. And you seen him and you still because you she didn't like she pulled immediately over. She drove for a while and then pulled over, you know, up and over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so if you were on the phone, my second point is if you were on the phone with 911, I thought you supposed to stay on the phone with the dispatcher until somebody came. How she get off the phone with 911 and then call her aunt? So it That's just was like it just was a couple of things that didn't make no sense. Like you said, a lot of people are clout chasing now with all this different stuff. But I and I, I know that sex trafficking is real. So, you know, it made me yeah, hold my baby a little a little tighter. And if it is a hoax, it's just a shame because you use those resources and all that stuff and that media coverage for, you know, a hoax. And it should be. I know somebody else that went missing. Go people go missing every Absolutely. day for them. And, you know, for them to not to use those resources on somebody that's really in harm's way that's really in danger. in danger you know what i'm yes. saying so that's my only thing like i i hope it's not but i want more details because like for them to say she came back home but we never seen the picture of her we ain't seen nothing nobody else came out to give an update and we just out here speculating so i would like a little bit more information because now they got the fbi looking into it. and another thing and i'm gonna let some i'm gonna let y'all talk how y'all was looking for her but nobody had the apb out on the target <laughs> That's true. I agree. Right. I mean, I, I agree. I, but they ain't know who the taller was. They, you know, they ain't know who the taller was. It could. I don't even think it was a taller. It could have been just a little human. You know, maybe it, it was just, my buddy. It been a little person, little person or something. But you know what really made me think that this, you know, there was something fishy going on. It's like what kidnappers drop you off on your street? Like, huh? Like. Why do they drop her off on the street? Like, who, who does but, that? Uh, like, two, why would you even want to be but, close but to But two, any... Tori, like, listen, if she was on the highway, I know she wasn't the only person that saw the baby, so it would have been more people that was pulling over saying they saw the baby, too. Or at least calling to report a baby on the street or a, a mother and her child oh, right. in the pitch black darkness. You she know, and then for her to leave her phone, her Apple Watch, everything, and you just go and you just pop up like, hey, yeah, I mean, 
I mean, she's going to make some money off this story. It's, and it I could mean, have been a mental illness thing, too. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she had enough. I don't know, but I just don't think it's home. cut and dry the way they saying it is. You know what I'm saying? And if she was sold as sex trafficking, it's people every day don't, don't ever, ever, ever come back from that. So what made you bring what made you bring her back? Exactly. I mean, the, the girl, the, the, um, Maybe it was bad. the lady's mother from Anaya, Anaya's Law. You know, the one, Anaya, I forgot her last name. But her mother, you know, was even out there on the highway because she's in Alabama and she was out there searching and, and things and pushing people to share the story and things of that nature. Um, but it's just, it's, uh, you know, like I'm glad I'm I'm excited that she's back home because that could have been any of any of y'all. It could have been anybody, you know, but it's just like I just I just hope that they did not do this for clout chasing. You know what I'm saying? To because well, they, they did, the story. They will get. Locked I mean, they gonna, she she's going to get paid. Like I'm trying to tell you, you know how many people are knocking down. It's so bad that they done blocked her street off. They done blocked her street off, so people can't get down there. The reporters will stay away. And I mean, you think about it. Somebody like Gail King or Oprah want to do an interview, exclusive interview with you. Shit, that's like a million dollar interview. You that's true, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, she's gonna make money off of her story. And I'm not saying I don't want you know, people are just you know, we need to hear the details. People are just jumping to their conclusions. Conclusions and, and right. That's why but, I'm not really we, making we comments. We still haven't heard from her. You know what I mean? We haven't even heard like was she even kidnapped? You know what I'm saying? Like she she's not said anything right. because they said she's still in shock. But we have not heard like, hey was i kidnapped you know what i mean like she called and then she heard a scuffle and she was missing for two days but we have not heard anything from her so i you know i, I just listen to people comments and things of that be, nature you know the story be, is going to come out but i just hope they didn't do anything you know crazy let's Before keep it happened, in prayer let's keep it in prayer what what uh what was her instagram and everything how was that going for I I don't know. I I haven't even looked at that. Uh, because you know, you know she's been... already doing videos, shaking buttons, stuff like that. This is just elevating things. So let's hope that. I I I don't know. I, I haven't even. I never heard of this this young lady until you know she was kidnapped. And then I'm like, you know, I'm you know I'm really disappointed in the guy that really. I I saw the video. I thought that was really her brother. You I know did what I mean? too. And I shared it and I'm, I mean, I'm a pray regardless. So I'm, I'm not saying my prayers was in vain, but I definitely prayed for the young lady because I got young ladies in my family. I'm a young lady. I got a 10 year old daughter. I don't want that to happen to anyone. You right. know what I'm saying? So that's why I said I was just taking it on face value, but that's why I didn't report on it on my word from the street because I want more details. Tales, right. So we did. So we just don't be spreading propaganda. Right. You know I saying? like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? That's why I didn't report on it, but you know, that's, that's why I said my key thought points. I was just like asking myself like, Hmm, you know, those were questions that I was asking myself, but like, until like Tori said, until we hear from her, we really don't know. We all we, we doing really is just don't a, it's speculations, right? Correct. Exactly. That's, it. that's it. This girl really could have been. They could have just kidnapped her and could have raped her, and that's all they wanted to do. You right. Know what I mean, maybe they didn't want to traffic her. They could have just wanted just to find somebody to rape that night and have a good time. We don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, people yeah. need to give that family privacy to figure you know to figure this out. When she's ready to come and talk, she will talk. But I just I just can't. Stand the way social media is just going 
going in and this and that. I mean, people were making, li- you know, having lives and this conversations have been going on all week of people like, oh, no, she's lying. She clout, you know, this and that. This was a hoax, this and that. This girl probably, this could have been your daughter. She could have been snatched. I sent this story to all of my kids, even my son, because we can't, we can't look out for men too. They can get snatched too. You know what I'm saying? They can get snatched and put into Absolutely. this system of trafficking. Absolutely. You know? And they do. And they target, well, we all, they target more anyway, the boys. That's true. And they do. Yeah. We got to look at everything that was going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it seemed like this happened when the Sound of Freedom came out. You see how they've been doing the Sound of Freedom, been stopping the movie. They don't, they didn't want to get this movie was done in 2018. And it was done by Fox. So y'all know Disney bought Fox. So the Disney did not want to put this movie out. Netflix did not want to put this movie out. They finally got somebody to put this movie out in 2023. And this movie is Transformers and Indiana Jones with a $5 million budget. And you talking about Transformers and Indiana Jones had like a $200 million budget. And what's so the name of the movie? The, the Sound of Freedom. The Sound of Freedom. It's it's the new movie that's out. It's in the movie theater. When y'all get a oh, chance, oh, I know see it. it. Yes, okay, I know it's it. The, it's, I, the sec, I, yeah. it's the sex trafficking movie. Yes, I'm going to go is. see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did y'all hear about yeah. the story of well. with a man in Maryland? They just found them, locked him up. FBI raided his house. This guy, he's been sex trafficking for four years. Mm-hmm. Right in Oxon Hill. This is crazy. Are you serious? Years old. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. They locked him up mm-hmm. uh, Friday. Wow. Yeah. So he's been, he been doing it since you 2019. Wow. Well, we're, we're How did they find him? They, 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 I guess, you know, they probably, because not only was he sex trapping, he, he, I think he probably was pimping a little bit too because they want, basically these, some of them have come forward and that's what got him, but he also was sex trafficking also, so they've been watching him for a while oh, okay. and they finally came and got him. Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. Got it. Well, we'll right check this out later on. We'll check this out later on, but let's get into our podcast, y'all. Nick, Nick, you got anything for us today? Or are we going to go straight with Loverboy? I'm right here dropping the word from the street. This your girl, Diamond in the Rough. What's up, y'all? I missed y'all. That's we what's miss up. You glad too to see we missed you too, beauty. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, the world on the street, right? So we touch bases on the Carly Russell situation, but it's something that's following right behind that. And I thought us as a collective people, and I mean, you know, us minorities, we would have learned that outside of the United States, they are not playing with us. So right now it's a Texas young lady. She's in her twenties. She went to a trip in Dubai, her and um, her her and her girlfriend, um, they got into a car accident in a rental car. So when she went back to the rental car agency to pick up her belongings, whatever she left her purse or her ID, she got into a heated argument with the rental um, car attendant and she started to yell. Yelling in Dubai is a no-no and not from any woman. So they came and they arrested her. They offered her an opportunity to pay us an underclosed fee. She denied to face the fee. And now she's facing two to five years in Dubai prison. Mm -hmm. We cannot continue to go to these other countries 
and think that mm. we as a quote unquote mm. Americans that we running something over there. They got their own rules and regulations over there. And over there in that in that part of the country, you know women, they don't have the rights that we have here outside screaming and yelling, shaking your booty, showing your body. That is a utmost no-no. Man is king in Dubai. Like, you can't even but but but, but the thing king. about it is they got rules for men like Let's say you're not my husband. You can't even look me in the eyes. I researched that. You can't even make eye contact with a woman that's not your wife. So, right. I yeah. I, I yeah. was told that. Uh-huh. So so the things that we over here doing and the freedom, you know, that we supposedly have here or lack thereof, however you want to view it, we have to realize that when we're going to visit somebody, we are visitors. So just like your grandmother said, when you go to somebody you have to act like you got some sense and be on your best behavior. Be your best behavior. Got to do it. You know, look at look, look at Brittany Grinder. I don't know what she went through personally because, again, she didn't come out and tell her full story what she was going through and them Russians' prisons and stuff like that. But know that it wasn't no, 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 no walk in the park. You know what I mean? And we had to do a deals for an arms dealer to get her back. Now, this young lady ain't famous, so they're not doing no swaps. Dang. No, you know, and and, and to be locked her. up and to be locked up abroad, it's not like over here where you sitting back watching Absolutely. cable, y'all yep. flicking back and yep. you sitting back and you know what I'm saying. Who coming over there to visit you? But honestly, Nobody. They, they're treat they're treating her good though. They got her on house arrest in a hotel. They got her on house arrest in a hotel for right yeah. now until for until right she now, until and right right yeah. right. But and it's just she, the fact that you time right but it's also the fact that you're just even in this scenario so think she probably had a job over here going on she got a she's partner a she had a whole driver, life right? over here she's a truck driver she's right a truck driver. so then how you supposed to pay your bills and keep up with your stuff and keep up all the stuff and you in jail when you back and she been there for what two months now two months so you know Dang, so that's this gotta be traumatizing for her yeah you know what i'm saying so really i want to keep it short and sweet i just want us to know i'll come back next week if we have any more updates but this is Diamond Dropping Your World in the Street. I just want to say we have to be more vigilant and more aware when we traveling outside of these countries. I just came back from Puerto Rico and I was the most upstanding citizen you ever wanted to see. You know why? Because I didn't want to go to jail in Puerto Rico. I got things to do out here in South Florida. I ain't got time to be going to jail in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to come back with those Spanish baby <laughs> Say no, but that's diving and I'm dropping words on the street. Absolutely. Give it up for our girls. Nick, Nick, dropping them gym. Love a boy. Give us some of them sports, brother. Talk about that box. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. It was another boxing spectacular this weekend. We had the lightweight coming in. We had Frank Martin versus Artur Huntuna. Yeah, this guy, Hartuna, he was the bronze medalist two years ago. He was fighting another the GOATS. This guy's the up-and-coming champion, they say. Man, and it was a showdown. Both of these guys came out with something to prove, and one had to win, and one had to lose. Frank Martin, the GOATS, came out in the first early rounds. Mm, this guy, he was getting hit with body blows, and, man, he didn't seem like he would fare well later on. But somehow, the GOATS came back like Casper. And he wasn't friendly at all because in the second rounds, six rounds and up, it was all Frank Martin. He was looking like he was finessed two times. He had everything in his bag. He was hitting this guy with barrage of punches, 
blows in the 12th round. This guy, Artunia Hontana, he went, took the knee, and bam, that would cause it the end. Because in the end, that knee caused this guy to fight. And Frank the Ghost, whoo, that's what goes on in boxing. Someone got to go down. And that'll be in for this week in sports. Join me next week. I'll be right back at you. Give it up for that boy, lover boy. With them sports. Can't wait until football season. Yeah. Coach V, you got some wellness tips for us? I do. Um, I'm going to talk about music. Are you hearing I see. music coming? I see. She got, she got new music with a bad That's mic. That's like Bobby Womack. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that, but it's the Christian song that I need you to survive. I I'm love talking it. about social wellness. And social wellness is all about how we interact with others, the relationships that we have. So when we do have those moments that we need help, we can have those people that we can reach out to. And especially important when we go through things like addictions and addictions is not just drugs and alcohol it could be your addiction to social media to pornography it could be so uh -oh. many things that you you are addicted <laughs> to and you know we, we have to remember that so there are groups that you may be a part of whether it's a church group whether it's a community group sorority fraternity you know, reach out, like don't sit in isolation It it's for you. And there are so many people in America that deal with depression and it's just, it's just really bad. So wherever you are, you know, ma no matter what it is that you may be dealing with, just don't forget to reach out because there are people like here, we have a podcast of team members. You may be on the team and you're struggling with something, but know that you are not alone. And today we're going to have a guest on that's going to talk about some things and how they got through things. And if you have a relationship, not just with people, but you might have a spiritual relationship. And those are the times you, we may need to just lean on God, to lean on Jesus. You know, it says that man shouldn't be alone. So know that you don't have to go through this, whether it's, again, your gambling addiction, sex. You could be addicted to food or social media or, you know, shopping, even exercise. But just remember that and reach out to people and be a part of your community, no matter what that is. So that is all that I have. Okay, Coach V, give it up for yourself. Okay, okay. Wellness tip to the day. Yes. Put the sexy music on yes. for herself. Yes. Put the sexy music on for herself. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, Mama. That was great. <laughs> See, man. Great push up. Welcome back, girl. Give us some of that anointment. I know you got something for us. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all <laughs> silly. Hey, y'all. So today's hey, word of the day is when one door of happiness closes, another opens. But often we look so long at the closed door that we do not see the one that has opened right in front of us. So I want to take time today to tell yourselves, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap about the seeds that you plant. And that's your girl name with the word of the day. Give it up, Give it up for my girl. Pray Pusher with the word of the day. That's what I like. That's what we like. Nick Nick. Okay, come that's around, gather that. around without further ado. I'm here to introduce my adoptive grandpa, DC native, 
Michael P. Henson is here to talk about his book and also to give us a little bit of insight about a nonprofit organization that he has in the works called No More Sidewalk Memorials. And he's here to share his story about how he was able to overcome his addictions and how, how he's helping people, men and women and children right in our community of Washington, D.C. Introducing my adoptive grandpa, Michael P. Henson. Good evening, all. Thank Good you for evening. Welcome. Welcome, it. welcome. Thanks for allowing me to sit in with you guys. Um, I love the information. I love the enthusiasm. Um, it's important that we, we do hold meetings like this and podcasts and sharing information amongst ourselves because it is in our communities that a lot of the information is not being shared evenly and equally. Um, my story started way back when I was like five years old. Um, I was caught smoking a cigarette. Well, no, I was caught with a cigarette in my hand and I had to smoke a whole pack of cool because someone said they saw me smoking that cigarette. I didn't smoke it, but that was my first um, lead into an addiction. It was cigarette. At eight, it was alcohol. At 12, it was marijuana. And for 32 years, nonstop, I was like in the world doing all kinds of crazy things, using all kinds of substances. Um, I knew a lot about a lot of things, but I knew nothing about addiction. I knew nothing, nothing about recovery. I knew nothing about treatment. All I knew is how to do the things that I was doing and thinking I knew everything. I thought for a long time, I knew a lot, but for real, for real, I didn't know anything. So my life was spiraling out of control for years on top of years. So um, November 19, 1999, I knew that the new millennium was coming in. I knew my behavior was funky. And it was God's intervention that one night, well, I was up for three nights. And from November the 16th to November the 19th, up three nights, just getting high. And I was getting high because I didn't know how to get out of the hell I was in. When I was coming up, everybody was telling, the men in DC was taught that we don't ask for help. If you are a man, you handle your business and you don't go crying, you don't go whining, you don't ask nobody for anything. So I'm thinking that this was gospel. And I lived that I lived that late that way for a lot of years. So in in November of nineteen ninety nine, I'm sitting up three days and at on a night on the third day, I had product, I had money, I had everything, but I could not raise my hands to indulge anymore. So the individuals that was up with me for that three days, they asked me what was the matter with me. And I said, I can't raise my arm. And they said, do you want to go to the hospital? I said, no. So we debated over and over and over again, but I still was not able to move my hands. I was able to get up, go in the, in the bathroom, take my packages with me, take my shower, put on some clothes, and they took me to the hospital. I went to the hospital and I walked, I got in and out of that vehicle four times before I actually turned around and waved and told him goodbye. That was the last time I used. I went into treatment. I told the individuals I cannot do treatment on the street because I know the streets. I'm from the streets of DC. I've been in it all my life. I know the streets like I know, like my, my name. They put me in a 
inpatient and outpatient program. The inpatient program was six months, outpatient program was nine, was three months. So I did a total of nine months of treatment. While I'm in treatment, there were two people that, that made it possible for me to have these 23 years nonstop use. The first individual was a counselor. He said, look around the room, there's 100 UMFs in here. 95 UMFs are gonna make it. I mean, no, 95 UMFs are gonna fail, five UMFs are gonna make it. And I said, man, who the F are you to get those kind of odds and individuals in trouble? And he said, little N, if you don't like it, the only way you change it, you get on the inside. So I got on the inside. I went to Howard University. I became a registered addiction counselor. This was in 2000. And in 2000, in 2000, I met the guy who was my supervisor. We were in a group of individuals and he asked a question. So I raised my hand and I answered the question. He told me, he said, sit the F down, shut the F up. If you want to, if we want to know how to get high, we'll call on you because you want them intelligent A, one them telling A niggas. So my apologies. You want them intelligent A N word who going to talk his way back into the street. So I No, nah, you fine. It's raw and uncut. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was about to go at him, but I realized that I was in his area, in his territory, and I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how it worked. So I sat down and I shut up. It was these two individuals that made it possible for me to become an addiction, addiction therapist. I worked in the field for 20 years. Um, I got a, I'm, I was a registered addiction counselor. I went back to school. I got a bachelor's in human relations. I got a master's in professional counseling. I worked in three of the largest methadone programs in DC. My name is Mr. Henson and everybody knows who I am. I'm hard, I'm fair, I'm fast, but I'm, I'm gonna treat you with the dignity and respect that these two individuals did not give me when I was in. So I was nowhere near anything like these people. So I became an adept group leader. I learned that you could talk to people until you're blue in the face individually but when you get that same individual in a group and you hit that person upside the head without everybody knowing that that's you that's your target that person learns that what you're saying actually matters and the rest of the individuals in the group they help uh solidify your your statement and your purpose i i love doing counseling it's the easiest job i ever worked that paid the most money I never thought I would do it. And when I got into it, it's like anything else that I always do, I put all of me into it. I, during the pandemic, I retired in 2018. Um, I, I said I was not gonna work for anybody ever again. During the pandemic, I sat down and I wrote three books, 70 poems. I was told that my poems are not poems. They are short stories that rhyme. And that's true. They're like two or three pages long. Some are four. Um, the book, Memories of a Counselor, should have been my last book, but I made it my first book because it tells who I am today. The other two books start from when I was five until I was 12, then from 12 to the military. They haven't been published yet. 
the second book is being edited. The third book, I'm adding new stuff to it every day. The book, t the book is a a guide to any individual who is in trouble, who think they know everything and don't know anything, who don't know anything and need to know everything. That book is a guide to you. It's an easy read. It's it's a it's raw and uncut. But it's a self-help book for anybody who is suffering from any kind of addiction. And like Coach V said, addiction is not only substance. It can be sex. It can be um, anything that changes your mood and alters your normal way of doing of living your life. So right now, what I'm doing and what I'm what I'm involved in now is um, I'm a hand dance instructor. So I teach three hand dance classes in dc okay um, um you, i don't do you know that um one is at fort stevens rec center on van buren one is at 400 um atlanta street southeast the other one is at 800 southern avenue in southeast um southern avenue is on wednesdays and it's for the residents of that that building um the other two are on thursday um, one is at 11 o'clock, the, the 400 Atlanta Street is at 11 o'clock, and the one um, at Fort Stevens Rec Center on Van Buren is at from 3.30 to 5.30. I have a, a lot of individuals who come to my classes. I don't charge for my classes because dancing is my gift, and you don't charge for your gift because God gave me the gift. For God's gift, God may take those gifts from me. So... Right now, I like in, that. right now I'm in the process, thank you. Right now I'm in the process of starting a um, outreach program. I do focus groups at the 400 Atlanta Street location on Thursday, but I'm in the process of putting an organization together um, of my own. And the organization deals with substance abuse, mental health and violence in DC. I listen to I sit back and I listen to a lot of things that's going on. I see a lot of things and I said I wasn't going to go back to work, but I didn't say I wasn't going to go back and start an organization that I'm, that's mine. So I have, I'm in touch with a lot of powerful individuals that have similar interests and similar visions. And I got the, the, the title, No More Sidewalk Memorials because in DC, if you ride around in in most cities in the in the country, you ride around, you see the the wine bottles and teddy bears, the balloons and, and whatever whatever the pictures of individuals who died everywhere, everywhere. And, and so the only people who see those memorials are the people who accidentally ride by them or the people in the neighborhood. No more sidewalk memorials would be used um, on the other platforms like LinkedIn and um, YouTube and. Um, Twitter, Instagram, and what it does, it allows for that person who died for their legacy to be grown and for individuals to speak to that person's legacy and shared by many all over the world. And so the sidewalk memorial is a limited vision. My vision is to make it larger, to bring these individuals who died needlessly, um, to bring their 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 legacy um, up and greater than it is by just being on the sidewalk.
That's a great idea. That is definitely uh, a great idea. Thank you. Um, so I'm, I got my hands in a lot of stuff right now. I'm passionate about everything that I do. I'm the grandfather of 31 grandchildren and two great grandchildren. Wow. So I don't have time for- uh, um, um, Excuse me, grandpa. And, and two adoptive granddaughters down here in South Florida. <laughs> um, I, come from, I come from a large family. Um, when I was a kid, we used to have our family reunions at Rock Creek Park. And I'm talking about we had hundreds on top of hundreds of individuals at those family reunions. And my, me by myself, um, I'm the middle oldest of 10. Um, and we have a large, large family. And I want to, I want to let everybody know that April, my mom died and my mom and I, my mom disowned me back in the nineties, but before she died, in the last 23 years, my mom and I were so close and she ran everything by me. And in my in my life today, I'm the head of two families. And a lot of the information that um, a lot of people in the family um, make decisions on, they run them through me also. So I'm a power of example. And, I have, and although I went through what I went through, I would not change anything because it was going through the hell that I went through that made me the man that I am today. And with that, I want to thank you all for letting me share. Amazing. Amazing. I'm in tears. Amazing. Powerful. That is, that is something special. I just want to say like, you know what I'm saying? And I, I've, I've been through my own addiction and I've been through a lot of treatment centers in DC and been to a lot of outreach programs and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I was ready to change. You know what I'm saying? And just by sitting, this is no lie, no exaggeration. I didn't even know who he was. I just started listening to him when he was telling my little cousin. I was sucked into him. So now I'm just asking all type of questions. And he was just talking. And I was like, people go to school for what he's telling me right now. Mm -hmm. And I had to get him on this podcast to put a limelight on what he's doing in our community and just to share what he's doing. Because sometimes it's not what the people are doing. It's who they rubbing and touching elbows with to get a little bit of exposure. Because he already got what he got going on. You know what I'm saying? But the gems that he be dropping, the gems that's in that book. And I only have that one that we have pictured here. It's just amazing. The gems that's there. And it's it's a million dollars worth of game. Yeah. I agree. The book. And the book, $13, it's a million dollars worth of stuff in there. It's like he said, I think something about his poems. He had one short story in there that I didn't even tell him that it made me break down crying. It made me start revamping my prayers. It made me start revamping how I move. And, and when he did that, you just think, he didn't think he would be touching as many people as he as he did. You know, so... I, um, for one, Mr. Henson, I know I call him my adopted grandpa, but Mr. Henson, I thank you for what you're doing. I think that you came back and helped, you know, set some of us free that was in the back. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just saying, I got, I got my freedom and I'm free and I'm good. You know? Thank you very much. I, I, I would like to just add something in just for one quick sec. I just want to, Mr. Michael, I want to first say that I thank God for you and your transparency. Um, there's a lot of people that have a trial and tribulation that's very similar 
but their transparency is not there because they're looked upon as being ashamed. And so I want to say I thank you for allowing the, the powerful God that we do serve and that you do recognize who is the Alta Omega and, 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 and the beginning and the end all, right? And I thank you for allowing me to listen to your story, to put that inside of me so I can help others through your message. Thank you once again. Because I, too, am serving some situations in my personal family that this message from you is also helpful. So thank you. You're very welcome. Also, I'd like to say one more thing. When I was a kid, I was six years old when we lost everything that we owned. Everything we had was put out on the sidewalk. And my family had everything back in the day. So we went from having everything to having nothing. And so for a lot of years, I had nothing. And I was, I was like ashamed of all of that. Today, I, am, I own property all over this country. And everything I own goes to my grandchildren so that they will all, no one will ever be able to tell them that they can't be any place. Amazing. So, um, so Mr. Henson, I do have a question, um, just for our listeners. So, um, let me see, what can I say? What, in your years of counseling, um, can you say or name an individual that you thought was your challenges, your most challenging, the, the person that you had the most hardest time with as far as a, as a, as a client? Yes. When I first started, I was green, real green. And the two um, lead counselors, they played a trick on me. They asked me to approach this gentleman to take a talk screen on this gentleman. I approached the gentleman and I said, excuse me, I'm here to see. He said, he said hey, motherfucker, who the fuck are you? And it was like a hundred people standing around in that area at that time. And it got so quiet, I could hear my heartbeat. I realized that they played me and my goal was to convince these individuals that I was at the right in the right place doing the right thing at the right time. So I allowed this man to call me everything but a child of God and he cursed me from, from top to bottom. He followed me to the talk room and we got in the talk room, he cursed me. Everybody was like looking out the offices, trying to figure out why all this noise started plotting. I got this man in the, in the bathroom. I handed him the, the talk screen bottle and he had his penis in one hand, the bottle in the other hand. I walked up behind him and I said something to his ear. I'll never tell nobody what I said, but when that man walked out of that bathroom, my name was Mr. Henson and he solidified my spot as a counselor for the last 20 years. Mm. Amazing. Well said. done. Mm. So, 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 Mr. Well Hanson, done. Um, it's a lot of people that, you know, we see in this walks of life that, you know, get on drugs. Would you say that uh, kicking a habit is something that they really want to do? Because we see these people, it's like a revolving door. I got family members, you know, they've been in it, been on it, and, you know, some still on it. They, they, it's hard to shake. So is addiction a state of mind or is it something that's just, it's becoming of you? How do you break I, that cycle? I tell, I, tell my, I tell my client that when you're in recovery, when you get into treatment, 
The only way you're going to be successful in the treatment is you got to get rid of all of the things and all of the problems and all of the, the secrets that got you in the treatment. What we medicate is we medicate trauma, deep, dark secrets and pain. As long as you hold the pain, as long as you hold the trauma, as long as you hold the deep, dark secrets, you're going to need to medicate it. Anybody who is not in pain don't need medication. Think about it. If you don't have pain, you don't need medication. I like so that. Okay, you, that's that's amazing. And if you're in treatment and you hold on to anything that brought you into treatment, nine times out of ten, you'll be back. I went in one time and one time was all it took. So it just depends on the actual individual. The individual. So what, what would you, you say? Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead, Professor. Oh uh, well, what what do you think is the strategy for our youth? I was you know, just about to say that. Because <laughs> the, the youth is... Great minds think alike. They, they are off the hook right now. And what do you think of our strategy to help our youth with all yeah. these addictions? We got the music. We got the drugs. We got the killing. Everything like, is... It, it, yeah. seemed, it seemed like they're addicted to killing. Killing right now. That's like the new addiction right now. Okay. Um... A lot of it has to do with um, the way you're, you're raised. Um, I agree. And I a, agree a, a person, a child has a mom and a dad. The mom and the dad are this child's first individual to protect this child. A lot of times, if the parents are not doing what they're supposed to be doing and this child is suffering in silence and when that child loses respect for the two people that's supposed to protect and secure their life when they lose respect for that person they don't have respect for nobody on this planet so it goes back to the family again so yeah, I saw I saw a video um, on Instagram, and then I had to click in it because the content was so vicious. It was about these guys in prison. This guy shot somebody on the street, and these guys bum rushed his cell, let his cell made out, and they stabbed this guy up, dragged this guy out of the out of the cell down the down the tier. And the caption was, no weapons in prison. So if these guys think that they can mess around and keep killing people on the street and go to jail and call it safe, they got another thing coming because the individuals that are incarcerated, they about as tired of it as we are on the street. Mm. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, um, I have a, I have one more question, and I'm gonna let somebody else talk. So, when you say get rid of your trauma, your secrets, and pain, like how would one start to release those things? How would you start to do the work um, with yourself? The way I did it was, I took a little bit of everything and I gave it to certain groups of people. I didn't give no one person that entire story. Just like in my book, the book that you read, that book is not my entire life, but it's pieces of my life. 
So what you do is you give a little bit here, you give a little bit in, in NA or AA, you give a little bit to your counselor, you give a little bit to your social worker. But the, the point is pressure bus pipes. So as long as you hold on to it, you're going to have to medicate it. So the best thing to do, and a lot of people don't know this, I learned a lot when I went, when I became a counselor, I had no idea what counseling was all about. I had to teach myself what it was all about. I had to learn to listen to what other people were saying. And I had to learn how to take what they were saying and apply it to myself in order for me to apply it to others. And then I learned to share a lot of information not to an individual. I learned to use group therapy. Group therapy has been my saving grace and it has taught so many people. And there was one program I worked in, 85%, when I got there, 85% of those people were using. 15% of those people were clean. I used the policy and procedure book that they had for that program and I turned it around. I was in people's faces. I was making people uncomfortable. People were hating my guts. But when I left, 85 was clean and 15 was using. Now, that's what I'm talking about. That's Numbers great. don't lie. That's a major, that's a major turnaround. Numbers don't lie. Well, I did have one other question if no one else had a question for him. You got to learn. I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to go ahead and proceed. Thanks, <laughs> Professor. Um, so real quick, um, I just so I just want to kind of piggyback on the youth one more time. So how, what kind of message would you give our listeners um, and us as parents that may be dealing with youth addiction um, to where they feel like they're not addicted, but you see signs of addiction. You see signs that it may be leading to addiction or you see signs that you are addicted to whatever it is that you're addicted to but the parents just can't get through the heads of the youth they just won't listen because they don't feel like they're addicted because it's a a, a, a world thing that everybody is doing it so if everybody is doing it around me and 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 and, and in front of me and on top of me and above me and under me right then I don't consider me being addicted. It's not an addiction. It's just, I'm just out here having fun. So what, what, what is your advice on this? When you see it clearly, that it's a possibility that you're an addiction, you're addicted or you're leading down the roads of addiction. Well, the, the individual who taught me counseling, he told me, he said, don't give anything, don't take anything. They're gonna be watching your behavior every day. You gotta be consistent and you cannot be afraid. So a lot of parents are afraid of their children. There is not a child walking the face of this earth that's gonna make me afraid of them. I've forgotten more stuff than most of them will ever learn in a lifetime. So when you call them on that behavior, you make sure you call them on the behavior, but you also you cannot tell them not to do something and you're doing the same thing yourself. Because you can't tell a child do not do this because I'm going to do that. And if you don't follow through on what you say you're going to do, that child is not going to believe what you say and you're never going to be able to make no um, no headway with them. Call them on it. Call them on the behavior. Stand your ground. If you got to go, if, if you got to go, you got to go for it, go for it. I'm like, I'm like this. My, my reputation from the street to my reputation in counseling. 
Everybody know that Mr. Henson is crazy as hell, but I am fair. I'm not crazy. I just don't play. I laugh and I joke. I just don't play. Thank you. Thank you. I, I agree. And you just just gave me, I just got chills. Just got chills because you're absolutely right. I agree. And thanks for that confirmation. So, Mr. Henson, well what, what would you say is the number one leading cause to be an addict? It's, it's three causes. Pain, trauma, and deep, dark secrets. Say it again, Mr. Henson. Pain, <laughs> Say it again. Pain, trauma, and deep, dark secrets. Because if you have any of those, you're going to have to medicate them. See, we are a free-spirited people. And when we are battling with those demons all the time, those demons going to call us to do some stuff we don't have no business doing. And as long as we're dealing with the demon, we're going to have to act like demons. So once you get rid of your pain, once you get rid of your trauma, once you get rid of the deep, dark secrets, you have no more need for medication. I don't smoke. I don't drink, I don't buy alcohol, I don't buy cigarettes. I'm not enabling nobody to do anything. If you want what I got, you got to do what I do. Mr. Henson, we have a copy of your book, The Memories of Counselor. And it was a part of your book. It was a part of the addiction chapter. And I'm just gonna read it real fast. It says, I learned the lessons of recovery well just like I had learned to use drugs. More importantly, when I was in trouble, what I needed the most were hugs. Eventually people hugged me until I learned to love me again. As a result, for the past 20 years, I've not used drugs to win. I've used the strength that was in me from the very start. I went through what I went through and it strengthened my heart. Today, I'm a free man and have completed two college degrees. I'm a man with a vision and I believe, which I hear and see. I have a home and I own a lot of land all over the country. I did it without any substance because again, today I am truly free. I do no begging, I do not borrow, I do not lie, nor do I steal. For that, I thank my higher power. I choose to call God for real. I love that. Amazing, that's that amazing. Deep. That is amazing. That was deep there, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, that is real. And I'm gonna tell y'all one thing, and this is why I adopted him as my grandfather. I was in addiction counseling over there over by Union Station. And the man said, dream with your eyes wide open. And I was in so much trauma and so much pain. I told that man, I don't even dream. And, mm. you know, just to hear somebody else's story and just the, just the feel the vibrations that's coming off of that is amazing. And the man said, what comes from the heart reaches the heart. And that's why... I support everything that he do because it's no flugaziness, it's no capping, it's no it's no ice skating on what he's saying. What comes from the heart reaches the heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Look, I used to I used to pray to God every time I got in trouble. And then once I got out of trouble, I forgot that prayer. And now I don't play with God. I don't play with him. And all I do every day, I don't do nothing every day but one thing. Before my feet hit the floor, I thank my higher power for another day on this planet. And I ask him to bless every living soul on this planet and make us 
all better people. Amen. That, is, that mm. is a good thing because that is a non-selfish act right there. You know, you praying for everybody else when everybody's just praying for their self. So, yeah, I love that, you know. Well, we definitely got to link up, Michael, because you are inspiration to this community and we need to get your story heard further than just the DMV. We need to get your story heard in Atlanta, in in Miami all over because this is what this country is needing you know we suffer from so much addiction just like you said fame fame is like now the biggest addiction yeah people really, are just doing yes. anything for fame. anything yes yes you mm. know mm. cloud you know, mm-hmm. and then you said the deep dark secrets, you know what I mean? Like secrets of people doing things to other people and stuff like that. So I feel you on that. We really have to push this book. And how can people get by your book? Can you tell our listeners how can they purchase the memoirs of the counselor? Of a counselor? You can you can actually just Google memories of a counselor and it's on it's at Archway, Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble. Um, what I did when I when I wrote the book, I had maybe like a thousand copies. I think I may have sold maybe 20. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, wow. I, gave them, I just gave them I ride around with them in my car. I'll give them to anybody. I give them to my students. I give them to family. I give them to friends. I go to I go to funerals. I give them to people at funerals. And all I want is for people to read it and to understand that you can go through hell and come out on the other side and be a better person than you was in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we 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 definitely got mem- we definitely got to get memories of a counselor on the 18 wheel store. Anything to help out when you're doing something well. This is something that we need to get out there. So, um I'm going to link up with you Michael and yeah. we'll we'll link up and figure out how we can get, you know, your book on our 18 wheel store cuz our 18 wheel stores is being targeted all over the country and that's what i like to do our podcast just it's not about trucking or the logistics industry it's about a community like everybody on this podcast we are family so we look out for our family and we need to look out for the community and make things better in society period I'm with uh, you. Uh, we're failing right now you know what i mean like our community is failing you just like you said, you have something positive out there, and 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 they, if you put Louis Vuitton on that book, I guarantee you that book will sell out tomorrow. It'll sell out tomorrow. Hey, this is the new memories of the council's Louis Vuitton strategy. They will buy it tomorrow. Yes, indeed. It'll be, it'll be sold out. It's crazy. It'll be gone. And it's a shame that you know right. we put we put positivity out here in the community. And people are more worried about a girl walking or showing with a big butt. Like, no, that's not what. Yeah, that's not what life is about. All that's about the right. False that's true. life. But this that's is true. real life stuff right here.
And this is real life stuff that we have to push out to the community. Let our kids read it. Let's buy a book. Let our kids read this. Let them learn, learn. So they won't go through this stuff yeah, that we've been through. Those mistakes. They're correct. Because we've all been through some type of trauma. Amen. Everybody say, oh, no, no, we've all been Amen. through some type of trauma. If it's a relationship, if it's, you know, a, a abuse, we've all been through some type of trauma. So we have to get this story and have our kids read it. Like, purchase a book, people. Purchase a book and let your kids read it. Sit them down. Take them phones away. Get them off their phones. Because that's what the problem is. Fame, clout. Let them learn and read this story, Memories of a Counselor. That's all we need to do. Appreciate that. I really do. So, Michael, we coming to the end of our podcast. How can people reach you? You have social media. They can reach you. You told us how they can reach your book. How can they reach you if they just want to reach out? Some people are very private, and they might just want to hit you in your DMs. It's like, you know, they might want to just talk. Okay, um, I have LinkedIn. Um, my LinkedIn um, ID is Michael Henson. Um, bald head guy with a tuxedo on. <laughs> I see you looking um, sharp on it. Coach B put a good photo up there for you. So you looking sharp, man. <laughs> hey, Coach B. Um, um, I have, um, but you can hit me on my, my, um, my email, I have Instagram and Twitter, but I just, every morning, what I do is I send out affirmations on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I send out affirmations to over 100 family and friends every day. I get up every morning, I read like a whole list of, of affirmations, and I send them out. I've been doing it for like the last 10 years. And, um, Everybody don't get the same. So um, my email address is MPH, Michael Pierre Henson, the first, MPH1ST310 at gmail.com. If you send me um, an email and you want the book, um, I'm getting ready to um, buy me some more. I can send it to you. Just send me like a a a stamped envelope and i'll send you the book it's a great read the poetry is positive the poetry my mentors were malcolm marvin curtis and these guys the, the messages that they send that's my poetry my poetry is the same as their messages it was before its time but it stuck and so that's my poetry as well what's up michael well, I want to thank Michael Henson for coming to this podcast. Thank you. Make sure y'all check out that 18 wheel store. We are going to get the memories of a counselor on the 18 wheel store. See you guys next Monday. Later, fam. Later, fam.